This is Industry Matters, powered by BGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. BGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. BGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, and orthotics and prosthetics industries. In today's episode of Industry Matters, we are celebrating Respiratory Care Week. And joining me today is Nikki Strait, a respiratory therapist for one of our VGM members, Medical Services. Nikki, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you. All right, so let's dive right in. Tell me a little bit um, about yourself, what you do, who you are, just all that good stuff. Well, I've been a respiratory therapist for the last 16 years. Uh, 15 of them I've spent in the ICU. The last year I have spent in um, home care. And I found that I really actually enjoy home care um, probably more than I did in my ICU experience. I live in Akron, Ohio. I have actually traveled all over the place. I've lived in Colorado. Um, I worked at the Ohio State University for a, a contract. I have lived in Texas and Mississippi. And now I am back home in good old Akron, Ohio. <laughs> well, that's always kind of nice, right? You bounce around a little bit and then end up at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So how did you decide that you wanted to be a respiratory therapist? I always knew that I would get into healthcare. When I was 12, my grandmother became ill and I helped my mom care for her. My original path was going to be nursing, but when I shadowed a respiratory therapist, I was hooked. I love the fact that as respiratory therapists, we get to specialize in the cardiopulmonary system. So I, even for me, I say respiratory therapist, but I don't actually know what you do. So what does that mean that you do on a daily basis? Oh, on a daily basis, I see two different types of patients. I see patients with sleep apnea, and I help to set them up on CPAP, BiPAP, AutoPAP. I see them remotely, either via telemed, over the telephone, or I see them via Zoom. The other two days a week, I spend in the field seeing patients um, needing non-invasive ventilation. Some of those patients have COPD. Others may have ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, or even Excuse me. And I've really come to enjoy seeing those NIV patients. So at the beginning, you had said that you, you know, spent a bulk of your time in the hospital setting and now you're in home care and you've enjoyed that transition. What's different between those two roles? Oh my gosh. I think you get to be, you get to have more of a personal relationship with your patients, especially those non-invasive ventilator patients, because I get to see them on a regular basis. I actually help to impact the quality of life for those patients and I get to see them improving. You get to see that in the hospital as well, Um, but I don't see them as critically ill as I would see the patients in the ICU. I help to educate them on their devices. I help to make changes as if I can work with a physician to make changes to those devices and help to see a good quality outcome with the patient. So you touched a little bit on this just now too. What is the most, two parts, what's the most challenging part of your job and the most uh, rewarding part of your job? I would say the most challenging part of my job tends to be the most rewarding. Um, When I can educate that non-compliant patient, so they start using the equipment as it's prescribed, and when they start to see the benefits by using that equipment, and that they're grateful because they're seeing that benefit, and I help to make that improvement for them. That's actually the most rewarding part of my job, when they can have some quality of life. 
and you know they get to spend time with their family and their friends and get to do something that they haven't been able to do in a while even if it's just to go for a walk in the park that's rewarding absolutely so obviously we are I, I don't know if we're in the middle, the end, or the beginning of this public health <laughs> pandemic. I hope we're at the end of it. But I can imagine that your role has shifted quite extensively throughout this. Tell me a little bit about that. It definitely has. Telemedicine has really taken over the healthcare field. Um, you hear a lot of patients saying that they're talking to their doctors over the phone or doing Zoom appointments. And we have really embraced that as a company. We see a lot of patients via Zoom and telemed. We've really had to go above and beyond to service these patients. And it's actually gone quite well. I'm really excited actually to see what is going to happen with telemedicine. You know, it's a little bit difficult with some of these patients that, you know, aren't very computer savvy, but, you know, you just kind of handle them with kid gloves and, you know, just explain to them that, you know, we're still here for them. You know, we can talk to them on the phone. They don't have to handle it over the computer. You know, we still talk to them over the phone and, you know, the telemed is still available as well. Are you seeing um, an increase in patients with the pandemic or you say your, your patient loads are about the same? I think that our patient loads are about the same here in Ohio. I know in Detroit, Um, we had an uptick in cases, especially our oxygen patients. But I think that our patient load has been about the same. Um, Our non-invasive patients have increased here in the Akron-Cleveland area. Okay. How have you, you said you're excited about the telehealth and telemedicine. Do you, what are you seeing trending in terms of, you know, are you able to see more patients? Do you think your company will stay with telehealth or you'll do more home visits? How how do you think that will play out in the next several months? I think that we will definitely stay with telehealth. Zoom has been very successful. We have a really great PowerPoint and slideshow that we show the patients. We have a great script that we follow. And um, just being able to interact with the patients just over a screen has been really helpful and really useful. In fact, I have friends that are working for companies that are our competitors. And a few of them have said, oh, you're the Zoom people. (laughs) So, you know, we actually have a little bit of a reputation that precedes us. So that's actually exciting. I've seen that there are companies out there that are doing telehealth in respiratory, where there are respiratory therapists that are actually helping rural hospitals um, that don't have access to maybe the critical thinking uh, that respiratory therapists can add. Like I've worked in the ICUs in the critical care unit, they may not be so familiar with vent settings or what to do in a critical situation where you have to stabilize and ship a patient off to, say, a level one trauma center. So um, they are using telemedicine in that aspect. So there's so many different ways that we can use telemedicine in the future, and it's only going to grow exponentially. So you just touched on something I, that I don't know if I was aware of or of other people, if it registers for them in terms of what a respiratory therapist is responsible for. Um, like you just said, if you need to adjust a level or send somebody to a, a trauma unit, just talk to me a little bit about that. I, I guess I didn't realize that was there. Oh, absolutely. It's very new and upcoming, but like I said, you know, the, the therapist um, or some of these hospitals may not even have a registered respiratory therapist on staff. They may just have nurses or, you know, doctors that may not be so familiar with vent settings or how to take care of that critically ill patient. And they may need the assistance of a respiratory therapist. And these different telemedicine sites will have these therapists that are available on call 
24 hours a day to answer these questions and, you know, help to set the ventilators or reach out with these critical conditions to help these doctors and nurses or even therapists to stabilize these patients and get them ready for transport to a higher level of care. What a great opportunity or door that has opened through this, right? You know, I mean, you try to find these silver linings in terms of um, how the pandemic could help, but I don't know if it, this would have come about before. I agree. Absolutely. You know, things are just popping up everywhere and you're absolutely right about looking at it as a silver lining. You know, you have to take the good with the bad and this is actually something good that has come out of it. Yes. Well, as you know, we're getting ready to celebrate Respiratory Therapist Week, which is why we wanted to talk with you and thank you for everything that you do for for the industry. You know, what do you what do you want people to know or What's the one thing that they can do for for you and for all respiratory therapists out there? Just if they recognize that respiratory care is a profession in and of itself, and that we actually do work side by side with doctors and nurses. Um, We do go to school for the same length of time that a nurse may go to school for. And, you know, we have to sit for boards just like nurses and doctors do. We have to get continuing education credits. So we work hard in our degree field. And, you know, we want to get the same type of recognition. We're not a respiratory nurse. We are a respiratory therapist. (laughs) Okay, so tell me the difference between those two. Well, I mean, some people think that, you know, as a respiratory nurse, you know, we're just kind of a button pusher. We are um, somebody that listens to the nurse, that the nurse is our boss. When actually both of us, nurses and respiratory therapists, follow physician orders. We cannot make changes to a ventilator without the order of a physician. A nurse cannot make a change to a medication without the order of a physician. So we all fall under that bracket of practicing medicine under the order of a physician. Oh, very good. Well, Nikki, anything else you would like to add about being a respiratory therapist or I don't know, just anything in general that I may have missed? If you have a friend in the medical field, feel free to ask us any type of question about our job. I think any of us would love to speak about it, especially as a respiratory therapist. Ask me questions. I'd love to talk about my job. Gets you interested in the healthcare field, and it's a wonderful growing position to be in, and I'd love to talk to you about it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting bgm.com forward slash Industry Matters Podcast.